1: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It
2: literally nearly broke me physically, emotionally and put a lot of strain on my family. But I was pretty determined that I was going to keep doing it.
0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Balancing Acts. In this conversation I talk to comedian Esther Menito. Hi, this is Steve Whiteley, comedian, actor, filmmaker and writer, all round ADHD creative. And welcome to my new podcast, Balancing Acts, where I talk to an array of creatives ranging from comedians, actors, directors, all sorts. And we talk about how they find a sense of balance or not between their creative lives and their everyday lives and how that has an impact on their mental health and beyond. Balancing Acts is made in association with the comedy crowd who support independent comedy creators. They showcase the best new videos on comedycrowdtv.com and across media platforms. They support independent comedy creators and showcase the best new videos, including adult animation, sketch shows, web series, viral hits, and lots more. So if you're a creator, then do check them out. Esther is a Lebanese-British comedian. She accidentally... Fell into comedy. She was on maternity leave with her second baby and decided to attend Camden Comedy School just as an excuse to get her out of the house. She hid it from her husband for three weeks, and during this time she she fell in love with comedy. After standing in front of the group during the second week of the course, she went outside to throw up. That was in 2016. Since then, she has gone on to be the first female comedian to perform at Dubai Opera House. She's been an Arab Woman of the Year nominee, Asian Woman of the Year finalist, So You Think You're Funny finalist, Bath Comedian of the Year finalist, and so on and so on. She's performed all over the country. This was a really fun conversation. We covered loads of ground. We kicked things off talking about our most random gigs, Esther, Esther. I think she trumps me, but we actually performed what I consider one of my most random gigs uh, together. We were on the same bill, so we discussed that. We share our Edinburgh fringe experiences. We debate whether, whether, to, whether it's right to show off or not show off after doing well at a gig or performing on the same bill as a well-known comedian. How becoming a stand-up comedian has affected her enjoyment of watching stand-up on TV. Esther describes her experience of being the first female to perform at the Dubai Opera House. We talk about our dislike for performing in stand-up competitions and uh, the feeling of dying on stage and how humiliating it can be, particularly in competitions where you're performing you know, in front of your, your peers who are competing with you to, to get to the next level or the next round of a competition. Uh, she describes how she got into stand-up comedy. As I said, she did this while trying to balance being a mother of two. She was on maternity leave and, and then attended stand-up comedy course, which she initially from her husband, family, and friends. She then, she then came out, as it were, and had to deal with the judgment of her friends and family once they found out that she was doing stand-up comedy. Esther describes how the pandemic has affected her live comedy career. She talks about her love for true crime podcasts, cycling and walking, and loads more. This was a really fun conversation. Esther is a very funny comedian, and uh, this is... I found it very inspirational when Esther was talking about how she got into comedy. And for me, it just sort of like, you know, hammered home the fact that if you really want to do something, you'll find a way to make it happen. And Esther is a prime example of that. So without further ado, over to Esther. Oh, and also I keep forgetting to do this, but if you like the podcast, you're a regular listener, then uh, please do rate and review us on the uh, Apple podcast. It really helps. And subscribe. Share it all the good stuff, okay. Over to Esther. Perfect. How are you? I've been speaking to you in ages.
2: I know, Harry. Last time, um, I think the only time we've ever had to have a little chat together is when we both had to demand money from, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I forgot about that because
2: we've always seen each other and got on, and it's always been fine. But I think the only time we've ever had to kind of like have a little chat privately was when we were both like. We're gonna to have to take some legal action. This is getting.
0: pretty mean, uh, that was the most random gig I've ever done—a cheese festival. A is che- that
2: the most random
0: gig you've ever done? Oh, cheese I... baby cakes—you've had a good ride. I guess I have, but I mean, just more in just in terms of, it, like, just like the Del Boy vibe of the whole place. It was like you know, marketed oh, as like yes. this, this like a you know, like uh, sort of really cozy. Uh, cheese and wine festival, and uh, you're going to get sort of uh, organic cheese or whatever it is. And <laughs> they had all those plastic was- plates, they had plastic plates, and they had I'll never forget, they had Bell B- Baby Bell cheese. And they was like- they? yeah, they had Baby Bell cheese. Oh, I was such a cowboy, it and was it was so- 50. It wasn't like 50 quid a ticket, it
2: was 50 punters. quid a ticket, and they were with paper plates. And also, it was in like a kind of hanger, wasn't it? It was like yeah, it was like yeah. someone's just cleared rich. out boxes from a big warehouse mm. and just put down some AstroTurf and some beanbags and they were supposed to just have live entertainment. And I rocked up. I was there before you, I think, and I just stood there and they were like, yeah, like things will kick off soon if you're right to go on. And I was like, is there a mic or like audience or ridiculous. not? like in this open, it was so random. I couldn't believe that was 50 quid a ticket. What a scam.
0: All right, so tell me then, it's like, okay. what's more, give me some examples of like, more random gigs you've done. Um, what's like, I mean, what's the most random gig you've ever done?
2: Oh, so many. One that one that I really felt funny was when um, we got asked to do, it was like me and Ariel Suma and um Love Kelly Convy and Callie Beaton and it was, but it was like staggered throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So we all had different times where it to turn up and they promoted it like, this is like a kind of for women, pro women, but it essentially was like doing comedy to the WI in a church hall, but it was like a fate. So everyone was just like milling between stalls and they just thought, oh, we'll just have a little bit of comedy in the corner. And you're like, well, it doesn't work like that. And you're just talking as people oh, are I like, yeah. you know, perusing craft stalls. But the funniest thing was Ariel Suma just going on and there was like about four elderly ladies from the WI while she was just on there doing her jokes about rimming and <laughs> eating pussy. <laughs> they were just like, and when she finished, this one woman just was like, well, that was that. Um, I performed to total and utter confusing silence. Um, yeah, it was just awful. It was awful. But there are so many now that I can't even, I think, I don't know, I think Zoom has started to prove my kind of, even in the online world, you can have really disheartening gigs, because I have done a couple of Zoom gigs where the moment my name was announced, um, I don't know whether it's being a woman or just timing, but a couple of people are like, oh, I'm just going to put this on mute and just get on with Sudoku or...
0: What well, could you so, see? Could you see them? Yeah. Like, so I'm history?
2: just talking while they're just like making the tea in their kitchen, and you're like, "This is really like disheartening."
0: <laughs> Fucking mental, isn't it? And, and people wonder why comedians have uh, mental health issues.
2: We're we're all mad. There is
0: that. Yeah, but I've got a theory. Yeah, but there's also uh, yeah, there's also but... something to be said for like I think once you actually start doing comedy, it can ex- <laughs> it can accelerate that. We can um, accentuate it. Like you think about all those things you go through, even just doing Edinburgh on its own. Come, I come out of the Edinburgh at the end of Edinburgh like fucked. I'm fucked.
2: I this is really graphic, and I obviously by all means cut this out or tell me to shut up. But like during Edinburgh, I didn't have a period, and I was like, that's really weird. That never happens to me. And it's like my body just went. And then when I came back from Edinburgh, I my period was so horrific. I was literally disabled. I was just like. And my husband was just going, oh my God, how are you still alive? Like, I was just like swimming through blood to get out of the bed in the morning. It was just like, why aren't you dead? Like, don't you need a transfusion? And I was like, and that has never happened to me. And the amount of other female comedians were like, yeah, yeah. Just the stress and the weirdness of Edinburgh just completely makes your body shut down while you're there. And then there's just the hormones all kind of collapse and you come out and you just have like the most intense cycle of your life.
0: That's fucking insane.
2: It, 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 well the thing is with Edinburgh is it's a little bit like being trapped in an Instagram feed isn't it
0: yeah yeah but you
2: can't leave and yeah like everyone wherever you go it's just you know how when you scroll through Instagram or Facebook and everyone's lives are amazing but yeah you can put your phone down and get on with something really nice in Edinburgh you're stuck in that feed because you're just walking past images all the time of everyone's, people's, yeah, everyone's people yeah people shows
0: ready. sold out and mm-hmm. all of that and, I'm not very good at, um, I'm I'm not very good at uh hide. I'm quite an open book to a certain degree. It's like if you, if, if if you bump into me and I'm having a bit of a bad time, I will just say that it's, yeah, no, this is, it's really shit. I'm not social, on social media. Yeah. You can convey it wherever you want, but if you were to bump into me as people might've done in Edinburgh and I'm outside opium bar and Cowgate and, uh, I've just I've just gone to the venue for the first time and realised that there's no door between the bar where they're pumping really loud music and my venue. And then I bump into, and you bump into me, hey, Steve, how's Edinburgh going? I will, I will tell you it's going really shit for me. So I would be the sort of person you'd want to bump into in Edinburgh just yeah. to sort of, you know, give you a little bit more balance of sort of balance. reality, yeah.
2: I'm not very good either in face or... Um, on social media in fact I've been chastised of like people going people who are kind of have my best interests at heart and they're like do you think going on social media and going I'm shit I just died at this gig everyone hates me I can't do this so just an FYI this is just the biggest catastrophe and people are like no do you think that's I just don't think that's a really good move if you're trying to promote this as a career and I'm like I I get that, but then I also think, just holistically, Mm. isn't it better if we just live in a world that's just a bit more honest? Yeah, and I don't
0: know whether. I I, I was talking to somebody else about this, and we're talking about the other side of things and how sometimes, yeah, as a comedian, you 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 like you always like like veer towards you know putting yourself down so because it's like it's part and parcel of what you do type of thing you, you're not going to go around and say oh i'm you know it, you can't i mean some people say oh, i absolutely smashed it last night obviously some people do 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 that but there is also like a tendency to be sort of maybe self-effacing do you know what i mean yeah. and so i don't know Like, i wonder if that has an effect on you um in terms of i don't know, like holding back a little bit or you know sometimes you go into green rooms and sometimes there'll be comedians there that are uh in their heads and all that sort of stuff when i first started doing comedy i'm um, you know quite an outgoing person i felt like, oh i can't i can't really be myself type thing because all these people are, like in their heads and i uh, just feel a bit uncomfortable just don't know, and you
2: yourself. think they're really rude, and you're like, You're just the At rudest first, yeah. person I've ever met. And then are they come off stage challenged? and they're like, Hi, how are yeah, you? Yeah. And you're like, Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not
2: horrific. I've just slagged you off so much in my mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now I'm feeling guilty for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like when you start, it's like a bit of a minefield understanding all these things.
2: Oh, it's still like that. I don't understand anything. And also, I don't know who anyone is. So, what do you mean? In name, terms of
1: what? Like,
2: in terms of like names that you should know in the industry. So uh, like if I'm sat in a green room and you you're sat with people who I, I'm the opposite from you, Steve. I think there are a lot of people who are prepared to kind of really go. I'm absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, not say those words, but that, but they'll kind of name drop and be like, so I did this and I did this. And I did right, this.
1: Yeah.
2: She's yeah. fine. I've done it. We've all done it. It's something to be proud of. You know, you, you are like, Oh, I've gigged with so-and-so, or I did this, you know, you're showing off to a certain extent. And I think showing off's fine. you know, yeah. as long as it's, as long as you're being honest that you're doing it because you're excited about it um but i'm kind of terrible when someone you know when someone just wants to like slip in those little names and be like yeah no i'm really good mates with (laughs) 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 but i genuinely don't know who half the people are so i'm just like i don't know who that is and there's always these outraged comments going you don't know who that is okay well how are you in the comedy industry then and i'm like no you're just really annoyed because i'm not I don't know who the person is that you've just dropped in front of me. I don't know who that is, but they sound lovely. And I'm glad you had a great time.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think that's good. I think like sometimes, you know, whether it's, or whether you like doing on purpose, but having a bit of naivety can be a good thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, you know, like if you know everything, you know, everyone. And I don't know, like if you're too, if you, if you care too much about what's going on, like in the industry, I don't know how helpful that is.
2: Is there an industry? It's a little bit.
0: People classify as it. I mean, it depends what.
2: I don't know what anything is anymore. I don't really (laughs) understand. I don't. I've literally. since lockdown.
0: lockdown. I
1: don't know know what's going on.
2: Mm. Like, since lockdown, this is just me and you doing a FaceTime and there's nothing else out there. It's just Apocalyptic. And that's kind of how I feel at the moment. Like you know, you know, you're doing Zoom gigs or whatever, and you're just like, is there anything else out there? And then, you know, a lot of people are doing live work now, and you're just like, I should be getting really down about that, and I am getting down about that because I wish I had loads of live work. But I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. It's like I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going off in my own head now. So
1: how Basically, was lockdown? Basically, I'm down? getting down because other people
2: are getting live work. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually a positive spin on it, but there isn't one three down really
1: annoyed about it <laughs>
0: what was where was your career at before this all happened? Did you have loads of exciting things lined up just to make you feel more down about
1: everything-hmm
2: yeah, there was some exciting stuff uh lined up uh lots of lots of lush gigs um some nice club work um lots of little bit and bits and pieces that made me feel yeah some nice gigs abroad yeah things that I just genuinely was really excited to be doing and obviously that's all just like yeah it's gone what about you
0: um to be honest, if I'm honest with you I took a step back from from gigging um before lockdown so I wasn't really I wasn't gigging loads and um during lockdown, I've kind of decided that I'm going to probably continue on that path. Like I'm I'm really enjoying more sort of like script writing and that sort of stuff. Um, and I will gig, but I just don't think I'm going to pursue it as hard as I used to. Okay. Um, yeah, fair
2: enough.
0: So there's other things I like doing, but, you know, you talk to me in a few months and it might well be different.
2: I think yeah, I quite I like live work though. I really yeah. like live
0: work. But you also so really, really like you're very, you're a really great stand-up comedian. Um, I don't have to I know you didn't you didn't oh. message me before saying I have to say that. But I was watching just before, and this was in 2018. I was watching your hot water set. Uh, <laughs> just like bang, just banging out. Just, just like not just the gags, but you're you're good at um, you're good at acting out stories <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah i was i was i was was actually laughing and that's because i don't usually i don't don't know about you like i find it hard sometimes just to watch stand up on tv or whatever
2: well it's a bit of a busman's holiday isn't it because you know how it's done now it's like the magic's gone a little bit from it i used to love stand up before
0: i think that's what it is but then also don't you think it's just like the lack of we're just not in a live environment obviously you lose something from that when you're just watching on a screen
2: I absolutely loved stand-up comedy, and then I became a stand-up comedian. And I now just very rarely I'll watch my friends, and sometimes I'll enjoy it, and I will enjoy it. But I find that I'm I'm not very good at laughing out loud anyway. I will I'm not a big laugh, and I was never before I um, did stand-up. You know I'll laugh till I cry with friends and stuff, but when watching comedy, I'm very much like. I'm quite just sitting and watching it. Yeah. And I'm Do enjoying feel... it. But I was. gone. But now if I go and watch someone, I make purposefully, I'm going to laugh at that. If I, you know, I'm going to laugh at what I find. That's what I was going to ask me. you. And then I find that when I come out, I'm like, Oh my God, my face is aching. I'm, I feel like I've had, that's really mentally like trying to present an image of showing my enjoyment. Cause I want that person to know that I'm enjoying it. Whereas before I would have happily sat at the back and just kind of, you know, smiled and nodded along.
0: Yeah. So it's had, so in some ways then it's had the opposite effect. So you have, you are laughing more in a way now.
2: Yeah, I I guess, against
0: my will. Against your will, yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You're a prisoner of not wanting to hurt whoever's feelings. But are you referring, when you're saying like you want, you know, you want to sort of show your appreciation, are you talking about like friends who you see perform at gigs as opposed I to like, and I feel anyone. like,
2: yeah, I feel like, and there are people I really enjoy, and I, I do really enjoy things, and I, but I've, I've realized that I was really into like mainstream stand up. I really like like Dara Brin and Michael McIntyre and Mickey Flanagan, and I enjoyed just kind of gag, you know, mainstream comedy. Um, yeah. So I find, you know, th- I found that enjoyable. But I realised that going to Edinburgh it was a really nice break to go and see other stuff, like a lot more improv, yeah. um, uh, stuff that was a little bit more interactive, maybe. And I just found that that kind of was it. In- I went to see um, uh, three guys who were pretending to be sperm. <laughs> Have you seen them? Who's that? Because i can't remember what they're the called, the brief. privates. I think they're called Yeah. Okay. Honestly, I was like, oh god, it's so. It was just. It really had me laughing a lot, and um, I just stumbled across that. And then I was like, do you know, what, maybe I'll just go and do a bit more. Yeah, go and watch a bit more sketch just to kind of like. Because I think when you're, when you're wrapped up and it's like I'm going to perform stand up comedy and watch stand up comedy and then go and hang out with stand up comedians and, yeah, it, it all just becomes a little bit too. Too broken and yeah. it takes away the kind of enjoyment of walking into environment i don't know the premise behind it i don't know the psychology behind it i don't i'm, I'm not i don't know the people that are performing and i'm just going to enjoy it as as an audience member rather than i know that that's a reviewer i know that the person over there and i'm you know i i, I know what's going on behind this it it becomes too broken so it's quite nice being a fresh face to something
0: yeah and also i think um it can inform your own comedy, or it can make you make you approach it in a, a different way. Sometimes, when you're seeing people do something completely different, like, oh, okay, I can, yeah, I can. You can basically, it gives you that confirmation. You can kind of do whatever the fuck you want, just as long as it's funny.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, some of the stuff you just see is just like, what the fuck? I don't care. <laughs> as long as it makes me laugh.
2: Yeah, it's quite nice to see stuff that's really silly as well.
0: Yeah. 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 Like it stuff is. That's,
2: that's, that doesn't, you don't have to think about it. It's just, yeah. And you're like, oh, no, that's
0: really enjoyable. But it's harder sometimes to see like that sort of stuff, alternative or whatever you want to call it on the circuit. Cause I feel like mm. people are less patient or less tolerant. They just, you know, they want gags, etc Whereas when you go to Edinburgh, there's just, that's the, you know, obviously the place where you can go and do that. And there's an audience there who, yeah. who want to see that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah. Do you think you'll go back to Edinburgh?
0: To perform? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I just find it so stressful. <laughs> I did it's two so years in stressful. a row and I just like, yeah, I just find it super stressful. I think some people enjoy it more than others. I just, some sometimes, you know, it's just like highs and lows, isn't it? I I, I would go back if I had a show that I, I really wanted to perform. I wouldn't go back just for like a strategic career decision. I just genuinely I'd like yeah. I really want to have a show that I want to perform.
2: Just going, on, I'm just I've just got like eight thousand pounds. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. I need to lose quite a lot of weight quite rapidly, maybe through stress. Um I would quite like to break out in acne and no fancy a
0: period. Could do without a period. I don't fancy a
2: period. Yeah, I can go with that period for a month. Um I'd also like um to see a lot of my fellow comedians like broken in the street that's that's nice mm. um what how how could i incorporate I all these things that? in yeah um i did get <laughs> me and ryan i think it was like halfway oh, through edinburgh and we were stood in bristow square and ryan just turned around to me and went why is edinburgh three thousand days <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it <does> see <laughs> when you're in the middle oh, cool. and the the start of it feels like that was a very distant distant starting place and the end point seems really far away and you're just like I've okay so I've done I've done 15 shows I've just got another like 17 to go and you're just like that's really that's long times. yeah it's really long time to be here so it does and when a lady approached me at Edinburgh to do the Adelaide is it Adelaide that's like two know, months yeah.
0: yeah I think so She's
2: going do you do you want to do the Adelaide festival um for two months I was like
0: I remember... Our, uh, I just pushed
2: her face away from me. I but, was like,
0: no. Yeah. Yeah, two months. I can't imagine that. That's intense. But then, well, I was going to say, it's like touring, but then it's touring is different. Like, if you're touring, then that... But your show that would is mean that there's this your show, I was going to say. And also, it means you have like a audience. And Edinburgh, when I was
2: on stage, that was when I was having fun. I'm like, yeah. I, if someone said to me, you can come back to your house or and you're doing your thing... And you're not having to bump into, and you're not in this kind of weird competition world with everybody that you see out on the street. And you're not constantly comparing yourself to others of who's got reviewed, who hasn't got reviewed, who's got five stars, who's got four stars. And you're not in this weird bubble, and you're doing your own thing. Fine, fine, that sounds
0: good. But you, were think, you due to perform there this year? Yeah, you were.
2: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Instead, I'm. I'm not
0: wasn't your debut hour, was it? You did that last year. No,
2: my debut hour was last year. Actually.
0: Last year. <laughs> Such a professional interviewer. This is what I find I do. I like I say things. Sorry, I just. What I, is I, your name? I, 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 I presume things. or I say something. Like, no, it's actually. I was like, yeah, okay, let's just quickly move on. <laughs> just a podcast channel. Huh? Not not a sofa. <laughs> is you know, I mean, it's. I did. I went on the website, like I said. I had look at, I had a look at your set, did that, yeah, and that. also looked. I'm looking literally while I'm talking to you. I, I you know, I could probably just get away with that, with just sort of reading this off without actually telling you that I'm doing this. But I'm looking on your website and I'm seeing all the credentials, all the finalists, all the finals you got to. This is you know, so I'm doing. I've done my due
1: diligence.
2: <laughs> um, I did I did a gig the other night, and a man wrote to me formally on email. I'm gonna to read to you what he said. It's really funny. Actually, I'll see if I can find it. Go on. But he he sent me a message um via email and he said um in his email he said uh I um hang on. Oh, I can't find it. He said, um thanks for the set and I yeah, enjoyed that and the reason why I went onto your website is because I enjoyed you're you as a comedian but i have just noticed that you've got now by the way i should premise this with i'm massively dyslexic like literally i'm very dyslexic and dyspraxic so i'm really unfortunate so can't read signs and walk into them (laughs)
0: okay
2: (laughs) i'm like you know i'm like literally spoonton city so um but also because of that i had paid somebody else to do my website for me Um, but between the pair of us, um, it says on my website that I am man-gagged by Holly Ebden instead of managed. <laughs> so he just wrote it going, I don't know if you are man-gagged. Um, I hope you're not, and I hope you stay man gag free. But I just thought I'd let you know. And um someone else, when I showed them that, they were like, Oh, what a what a and I was like, No, I think it's quite funny. That is quite funny, because that's quite a good spelling mistake to, to make.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a... Uh... That's that's um he's, he's being nice, isn't he? He's looking out for your best interests. You know?
2: He's man gagging
0: to me. He's man gagging to you, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so first female comedian to perform at Dubai Opera House.:
2: first female comedian big to deal walk.
0: What is the capacity there?
2: 1500
0: is that that is like that's a chunky old gig. It was. What was it, was it like? a
2: good gig? It was really good. It was really, really good. Best, I think that's probably the best gig I've ever done. Was it? I absolutely loved it. Yeah. It was really, really good. Really, really good.
0: What made it really the best good. gig? Was it just, was it the fact that you were the first female comedian for there? Was it the audience or the combination of everything?
2: It was the audience were awesome. It yeah. was also it felt a little bit like performing to people who got who can really understood every single okay, cultural yeah. reference.
0: Right, yeah. So
2: normally here people will laugh because they'll go, Oh, that's really funny how you talk about your family perceiving English people or you'll do um an Arab crowd here who might go, Oh yeah, we get how um you know English people might perceive Arabs but it was really because Dubai is so multicultural it was so brilliant to be performing to um, different groups of Arabs different groups of English people different groups of Scottish Irish but who all unanimously understood what is it about Lebanese that is different from different other Arab groups that makes that that sparks their little kind of the language that it was all sorts of things, but performing to a multinational room who all completely understood because Dubai is so mixed. And so people really get different, you know, groups. Um, that was really good. And then, yeah, being the first woman, um, the women in the audience. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. It was just a really cracking night. Really enjoyed it.
0: It was amazing. Cause you start, did you start getting in 2016? 2015? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 2016
2: 16, yeah. yeah
0: yeah same with me and um like that is that's uh that's quick to sort of like quick progress So you know that's an acceleration to go from starting 2016 to then that a few years later because yeah but
2: then i guess gone. people don't well people have done a lot more in that time haven't they Some yeah i guess so but
0: like i don't know you can get you can fall into that you know, trap. I was like, yeah, I know I've done this, but such and such did this in a year or ever. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like it's still a great achievement. It's Still, like yeah. a, you know, That's like it's still like it's a milestone, isn't it, to do something like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, it really is, and it was, and I'm really appreciative of that, and I don't want to undersell it, but I don't want to be super braggy. Although
0: I really, hey, this is what I mean. This is what what we we're talking about before. It's like yeah. you know, as comedian, you don't want to come across as super braggy. You got to be sort of humble. So you know, you have got so you, you can't. I don't know, it's very difficult to genuinely celebrate your successes. Or maybe you can just like in the, pri- the privacy of your own four walls as opposed yeah. to on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no,
2: sure. Now, if you come out to my house, there's just a massive poster of me <laughs> with First Female Comedian. And, um, you know, I've got like a duvet cover spread, which is just my face on, yeah. on stage. And so it's just like little things like that that
0: I've got in my house. Yeah, I've got like, I've got the bit same bit thing. Yeah, I've got the same thing. I've got like a poster of when I won my first open mic competition, um, and uh, like a sort of in case. At the
2: Cav, was it the Cav?
0: Yeah, the Cav. You know.
2: What did you win yeah. when you won? I never won at the Cav. I always got into the clap. Well, I didn't always get clap off. I got into the clap off a few times, but I never got into. Uh, I never won the clap off.
0: Yeah, but I I won. <laughs> I won. I talked to Tom Ward uh it came on uh, and we had a chat a podcast and i said to him and he didn't remember this and i said uh i have fond memories of last meeting And he said why he said well 2016 uh, i got to the final of the cab and you won it but you decided not to accept it because you'd already won it so by default i won it
2: no. so i
0: shared it actually with someone else but um still i'll take that
2: yeah Definitely take that. You know? I never win anything.
0: Does it doesn't matter though?
2: No, it. I don't think it matters. But I'm so relieved that I don't have to do competitions anymore.
0: Yeah. Did you just choose not to or did you decide? I, to I think point. I've done more. i got all. to yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I did all of the competitions. Did you? And I think now it would be a bit weird if you you're, did. well, I mean, maybe now I probably will end up having to return to doing competitions, but I think... Before lockdown, it got to a point where, you know, I was gigging and and doing all right through gigging. So I think it would be, you know, competitions surely should be for people who are starting out to get their name out there and get known. Mm. Um, but then some people don't do that. They, you know, they gig for, for ages and then they enter their first competition and smash it. So it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe I did it the wrong way around. But actually, I don't really enjoy competitions at all. I think they're horrible. I think they're absolutely horrible horrible they're so depressing and soul-destroying and they bring mm-hmm. out the worst in us
0: i agree i agree i'm really yeah well exactly what you said it's like sort of like the equivalent of, of sort of like edinburgh in a way sort of like a, a mini sort of shot in the arm of sort of just this horrible anxiety yeah. and everything that goes with want, that
2: you just want everyone to die on stage yeah and when they do well you're like oh well well done
0: that's it yeah it's over then may as well go home now <laughs> Yeah, I stopped but, doing them. Stop doing them.
2: There's no point. There's no point doing them because um, they're, they're just, they're too, they're too well, I mean, you know, do them because obviously they they give the winners and the, you know, if you win it, it's great. Mm. But the, it is very soul-destroying. It is really soul-destroying.
0: Yeah, and I think, um you know, we are talking about before about the industry side of things, that is, you know that's part of that. There's a reason yeah. why you're doing those competitions. Is like, yo, know, you can put the, you know, such and such finalists on your flyer, and there's exactly. also industry people at the gigs, and and then it becomes less of a case of like you're doing the thing, you're doing because you love it, and you know all of that sort of stuff, and and it becomes more and strategic, and you know, and there's a place for that, but it does take away some of the the joy.
2: What's, um, have you done a Moose Moose? Uh,
0: yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm I'm not going to do a, um, a typical, what I said before, like, well, you know, you know, it was a it was a good, everyone did really well. I knew I did well. And, uh, the MC after, you know, just before they came out with the verdict, whatever, said, yeah, I reckon, yeah, you, you, and you, like me and a couple of us, you're definitely through to the next round. And I think, um. Hills has a very particular um, type of comedian that she tends to go for. And um, I think that is the case sometimes, you know, with those different competitions where judges will have, you know, they'll have preferred styles or whatever it is that they're looking for. So you might have killed or you might have done better than another comedian in that particular set, but that doesn't guarantee that you're going to get picked and go through to the next round. Mm And I was just like, ah. "Come on, didn't we do it together?" Is that the one we did together? Was it in the the hotel, Soho Hotel or something? Yes. Yeah. Ah, did we do it together? Sorry, I should this, <laughs> shouldn't I? <laughs> I think we did. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Oh, you know the good button. I was wondering. Your face is sort of like, kind of like looking like.
2: I was waiting for you to go, and the person who went through, totally didn't deserve it. I went through your round. Did you?
0: you're Uh, not the person i'm referring to though
2: i think i know i think i know who you're referring to
0: well it was good just didn't think i thought there was other people not just me there was a couple of people that fucking did really well but i think you know that's fair enough that's fine but i think a lot of it sometimes isn't it's not straightforward about as who does necessarily really well in that set
2: i smashed that one with you that
0: that that he now 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 that you reminded me you did yeah (laughs) I love it. You could thought is he inferring to me? Is it for
2: me? No, but I smashed that round, so I don't care what you say and what you imply, Steve Whiteley. Uh, But I went back to do the um, next round. The death was so painful; it was not. I didn't get one laugh.
0: Really? Not so so crazy how that happens, isn't it?
2: Same set, same room. Crazy. Different audience didn't get one laugh. And I wanted to die. It was awful. And I was in a little clique of like, because we were the, you know, me, Rosie Joe, and Rosie Holt, um, Louise Atkinson, Maisie Adams, who obviously went on to win it. Um, and we were in this like little WhatsApp group of like, you know girls so who we were in the semifinals and uh, I was the only one not to get through to the finals and so I kind of just had to like cross my face out of the picture on the wall <laughs> <laughs> was like ladies in the finals and I was like Pop from me because I died on my hole um, Shit. but yeah no I completely like death died and that really traumatised me
1: yeah, because if horrendous. that was just a
2: gig and it happens you die a death and it happens But Mm -hmm. when you die, there are so many factors, and there are so many reasons why you don't hit, you know, the right the right note, or you know, the audience just don't take to you straight away, or whatever. And if it was a gig, you just walk away from that, going, "Hmm, happens. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't feel great, but it happens, and you'll Mm -hmm. go do another gig, and you'll do well at that, and you know, that feeling's then cleansed. But when it's a competition, it's knowing that your peers and your being judged and you don't know who those yeah. judges are and it's just that feeling of like I've failed an exam
0: yeah it's totally and that's the thing I always used to really struggle with is um knowing that I died in front of my peers you know and, and like no not knowing or sort of feeling that I'm being judged you know yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. well because everyone is judging you
0: they are but at the same time I do feel like you know you can internalize a lot of that stuff and 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 Think that people care or are thinking about your set a lot more than they actually are yeah people just move on like on the next day go oh yeah did you see that yeah, yeah Steve died and Esther died and but, then they move on
2: yeah yeah but oh, well yeah don't you think maybe I don't know maybe I mean I think if you're dying a death I mean it's because it's all kind of pitted up you're pitted up against each other you're all going out yeah. there for laughs so you're pitting yourselves up against whether somebody does well or not so there is slight like, kind of like phew that's not me dying on stage Someone
0: yeah else. i remember my i did uh, the the leicester square new comedian of the year first year in 2016 and uh before the gig i was sitting next to this comedian and he said so you nervous i said no i'm all right actually i'm all right he goes well you should be <laughs> oh shit. Mind games. Sounds a delight. Yeah.
2: I also died. <laughs> this is just gonna be a long list of where I've died. <laughs> I also died out so with with a lot of competitions, what happens with me is that the rounds building up to a final or a, a semi-final for Leicester Square and Luce I will do really well at. And then with finals, whatever, that's when I just seem to die this death that's so painfully agonising.
0: Um, do you think because of the n- nerves of it all, you do actually, I don't know, you're not as natural when you're in a final yeah. or it just gets to you?
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But they're just, it, I never, there's never like, you know, that because I'll be just as nervous for a semi-final or whatever. Yeah. But I there's something about like but the two that really stick with me. I think funny women, I've always enjoyed their competitions, whether I've gone through or not, I've always had good reception and it's been and it's been great. Um I've done things like, you know, Bath, um, Comedian of the Year and other like things which have all like all the kind of smaller like outer outer London ones which have just been lovely and really enjoyable. Yeah. But the two, BBC, I've always enjoyed those. Um, although once I did have somebody message me after a BBC heat going, Oh, I listened to a thing and I just don't know why they didn't laugh more. And I was like, No, hang on, I thought it was fine. Um I, I like had a good time. And then I went back and listened to it and I was like, No, it's fine, it's fine. Um so that kind of like you people are always gonna interpret it differently. Yeah. Um but the two that I've had two painful deaths at were my finals for Amazon and um semi-final for Leicester Square. And they were so painful, I just wished I was dead. Like, I was like, oh, God, kill me now. This is just, this can't get any worse.
0: It's such a, it's such a horrible feeling, isn't it? I do think it gets easier, though. Well,
2: uh, see, for me, I'm like, if I get the laughs, but I don't go through, fine. I leave dignified. Yeah. But it's the getting no laughs in front of judges and your peers. Yeah. Mortifying
0: yeah it is but what about if you if only if if you die on uh, gigs outside of competitions do you still feel the same sense of i don't know humiliation and everything that comes with that
2: Well, i guess it depends like i wouldn't want to die at a really important gig yeah but i do think there's something very different i d- it's a different kind of death like you might do a club where a bit doesn't work but yeah. and you can gauge the audience quite quickly like if you go out yeah. Like, let's say, you know, you might do a weekend at a club and the Friday audience is very different to a Saturday audience, but you, you read your audience very quickly and you go, okay, all right, you you didn't like that bit, so I'm going to, you know, chop it all up until I get to, you know, so we're focusing on bits that I think you're going to be more relatable to, relate, you can relate to. Yeah. Um, but I think there's something about people that have paid to go and watch comedy is that they are genuinely on your side, like, I mean, you might get the odd ass who's Mm.
0: like,
2: oh, let's see what this one's got. And I think as a woman, the moment you walk on stage, there is still a subconscious, oh, we'll see. We'll see if she's funny. Yeah. But people genuinely are on, generally, I can't speak. This is another issue.
0: I have the same problem.
2: Another problem to add to the very long list which we're establishing. Yeah. Yeah, I think people... Generally are on your side. But when you're doing competition, no one really is on your side. So it's always a more agonizing death.
0: The only people are on your side or if you've managed to drag along any friends and family. And then that applies to everybody else. Right. Yeah. So if and that was it, that gig, you just I've just remembered now that uh, amuse moose competition. The person I'm thinking of had brought loads of people. I can't bring. I couldn't bring any. I, people are just tired of coming to my gigs. Any friends or family, like they maxed out after a year of being on the circuit. No one to come yeah, to yeah, any yeah. competitions. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard to get people to come after that. One.
2: Did no that happened with me with another that happened with me with another competition where I literally I brought the roof down. And it sounds really arrogant, but you know when you've done well, yeah, you yeah, know you when can you. Say it. It. I think it's all right. But somebody else, yeah, heard a lot of a lot of friends and family. So it's not really, yeah, you can't really. It's a money-making machine at the end of the day.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly that. I don't know. I don't know what difference it makes in the grand scheme of things if you get to a final or not, or if you win a competition.
2: I think, I definitely think it opens doors and it'll get you an agent and and maybe get you an agent, maybe get you a bit of, you know, work here and there. So, you know, it's such to put on a poster. So I think it does have its, it does have its values. Yeah. Um,
0: but sometimes, though, I guess it depends when that happens, right? Because if it happens too early in your career, it might be too premature to have all that sort of stuff, you know, to get the agent, etc. You know, it could happen too quickly.
2: I think it's really important in the current climate because comedy, I assume, now is taking a huge step back. So if you were somebody who had already broken through onto TV or you were somebody who's very established on TV, you're going to be fine for the foreseeable future um and i think for those of us who were uh, kind of i mean you already you've got writing credits and stuff now so you're you're way more established kind of with writing um but i think it's now it's important that you know there's not going to be the same trajectory that there was before and i think now it's really important that you have a clear idea of exactly what it is you want to say you stand by what you're going to say and i think also there's going to be a lot more by doing stuff online and creating your own content and attracting audiences who want to listen to what you've got to say rather than kind of following this the same I, I yeah, think the trajectory.
0: That, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think so, that, that
0: so, possibly. So aside from like Zoom gigs, have you been creating a lot of your own content during this time and, and if so like more than you were before?
2: Yeah, so I've been doing a lot more, like I've, I've been writing a substantial whack.
0: Yeah, um, as in writing for stand-up or other other mediums?
2: I mean, yeah, I've just been kind of getting ideas down and, yeah. and things that I want to kind of work on creatively. I really, I'm really loving my show that I was going to take up to Edinburgh, but I'm kind of really enjoying using this time to really fine-tune it. And I think actually it's got... I think it's got I I think I actually feel really strongly about it more than I I kind of fell into it accidentally and I actually came up with the idea of my show on the way back from Edinburgh last year
0: okay perfect
2: So um, I um, was on the train back from Edinburgh and I was like, oh, I'm never doing this again. And I was on the train and I was like, oh, my God, this is is now giving me the idea for my next show. Um, And I've really enjoyed what that is. And I think, like, writing that and focusing on that as a project for next year will be – is kind of mentally being – been quite healthy and then me and lily phillips have created a little like pictionary show which we do on joke pit which has been really good fun and something which kind of just keeps you in the loop and keeps you chatting to people and you know interacting with other comedians so that's been good
0: yeah it's good to have something you know you're doing something regular each week just it keeps Mm. you focused doesn't it yeah without having yeah. gigs it's good to have that what about you i've been to be honest i've been mostly like doing script writing stuff uh i haven't really been doing i've been really bad in terms of like doing online content i say like being really bad i just to be honest i just haven't really been i haven't focused on that so uh i've been quite enjoying just writing and then just obviously do this podcast every week and okay that's enough for my lazy ass
2: well, that's quite a substantial amount.
0: Yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't know. It's like what you were talking about before, when you're saying, yeah, I guess I did all right, I've done all right over the last few years of stand-up, but such and such as, do you know what I mean? It's the same, you can always compare what you're doing. To
2: yeah, what
0: you really no, mean. we all do, do it, we all you. do it. Yeah. So it's interesting you saying that your um, Edinburgh show sort of like came about accidentally, because uh, this is me showing the research that I've done, you you getting into stand-up was almost like accidental, wasn't it? Like yeah, you didn't have a great, like a, like a no. burning desire to become a stand-up. No. What made you decide to do, because you did a stand-up course, didn't you? Was it Camden School of Comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I did a stand-up course and I just fell into, and then, um, yeah, just started gigging after that. But I did what, the course.
0: Because you you're a teacher as well. Were you a, te- a full-time teacher?
2: I was on maternity leave. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I had uh, a two year old and a seven month old. I was on oh. maternity leave and I was going a little bit mad. Um, not mad, but I kind of just mm, definitely had lost a bit of like kind of mental um, stimulation. And um, so I went with a friend to do the stand up course at Camden Comedy Club. And yeah, and then I kind of just got bitten by the bug. And
0: started how do you find the time there. to do it? Because my sister, she's got an eighteen-month-year-old and a four-year-old, and she is just like they are permanently just knackered and exhausted. They look like they've just been through a war constantly, twenty-four-seven. You know, it's just like just just completely it, oh, pale. Good,
2: yeah, it is tiring.
0: Like, it so is now tiring. I think I think about that. Like that's pretty amazing that you manage to well find the time, but then also like see it through. And also have the energy to apply yourself to something new during that time when you're just fucked.
2: I don't know. Yeah, I do. It it is really tiring. It is really tiring.
0: (laughs) Perfect timing. Perfect timing. (laughs) (laughs) I know.
1: You just can't ever get a second.
2: Callum, you've just been. I'm here. I am. I was doing literally, that's all you need. That's all he needs is yeah. for me to literally walk and stand in the doorway and then it's fine. Just needs uh... <sighs> no, um, so children are a nightmare. Full stop, don't have them, it's mm. ridiculous. Um, kids are knackering, how I did it. I remember um do you remember Rebecca Howe? Yes. So she I remember her at one point going to me, You're always complaining of being sick, and I was like, Am I? And she was like, Yeah, you're always Literally every gig, you're like, I feel really nauseous, and I realised I was. It was like for a good year when I started sound on comedy, I was constantly feeling nauseous all the time, and everyone go, Oh, you're breaking again. And you're like, No, I'm really not. Never again. Like, never. So I was, but, and then and then I worked out it was tiredness. Um, I went to the doctor, and they were like, I think you're just really exhausted because that's one of the key symptoms of exhaustion is just continuously feeling sick. Um, so it, it literally, it nearly broke me physically, emotionally, and put a lot of strain on my family, but I was pretty determined that I was going to keep doing it. So whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. And we've kind of, but it kind of, this is where the lockdown becomes quite frustrating because before the lockdown, it was, you know, it was, earning a salary and it yeah. you know was giving lots of kind of opportunities and i felt like i'd kind of yes i pushed everyone to their limit including myself but we've come out the other end and look at you know how well it's going and now mm.
1: it's just done
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it will come back um, i mean it will come back but god knows in what sort of shape or form it's going to like at some point it's just like people are just going to be sitting very far apart from each other yeah you have half the amount of claps
2: Yeah, we'll see. We will see what happens, Steve. We will see.
0: So, like, Um, what was your uh, husband's, like, what what was his sort of like attitude or thoughts like when you started doing stand up? It's just like, was he like, what are you doing? Or was he like, no, no, yeah, I get this. I get why you're doing this.
2: No, no, he was just like, sorry, we've got a seven month old who's up every night. We've got a baby that isn't even two yet. Yeah. Um, We're knackered we're up three four times a night you're and remember like things got easy not only financially that i was able to give up my job and make comedy my full-time career but also it became easier physically because if you're doing 10 minute spot here or 10 minute, you go you do your 10 minutes and then you come home or you go and do your 20 minutes and come home
1: mm-hmm.
2: when we're starting out you're there all night with a bringer and you're there till yeah. half 11 at night at, you know whatever open mic night it is so it's leaving the house at half six or whatever and not getting back till half 12 one in the morning it's
0: so Um, exhausting
2: but no money for this hobby and it was just and it was i mean it is as ridiculous as me just going look i know i've got two children and we're financially you know a a the rest of it but i just really want to be a poet um it's just it just seemed like the most ridiculous thing and he was totally right in being annoyed by it but i was like yeah no i totally get you still gonna do it though so, so how long did fun. it take
0: him to come around
2: i think because i didn't tell anyone i was doing the stand-up course he didn't know
0: you just you so just I kept, it a kept on a download for how long
2: uh for about the first three weeks
0: so where did he think you were at that time every week
2: he thought i was no because he was i would just say i'm gonna go and meet a friend in town
0: I love this. And he yeah. thought
2: I was just going once a week to kind of have a three hour catch up with a friend <laughs> over coffee. He didn't know that I was sneaking out to go and do stand-up.
0: You and come then... back you come back after after each catch up and you just be sort of gags would just be flying out and goes, God, you you just have such a good time with that friend of yours, is not you? God, it's I know it's a real shifty real change. <laughs> um but I didn't tell anyone in my family either. And
2: then um the first time we had to stand in front of the class and do a bit of stand-up uh it was like the third or the fourth week in and um the sheer nerves of standing in front of people and yeah. telling jokes meant that i did it and then i got on the tube and i got off the tube i was near to our house and i just threw up everywhere really? and my husband was like what's going on like, oh my god are you okay and it was just that adrenaline, like I came off, the moment I came off from doing the jokes, I felt like that adrenaline of like, oh, okay, it's starting to make me feel quite sick now. Oh, I'm feeling quite yeah. nauseous. Oh, that's not good. And I'd kind of like drank water and was sipping and the rest of it, but it was such a powerful adrenaline that I literally just, yeah, I just came home and just threw up everywhere. And I was like, I've got so to tell you. And he was like, oh my God, what? Uh, I was like, I've been doing stand-up comedy. He was like, okay, <laughs> thought you were having a affair. that's really weird but okay at least it's not that um and then yeah and then i kept it a secret and then it slowly kind of came out and my in-laws were livid that i was doing stand-up comedy because i should be at home with my husband and my babies and my you know my family were like what the hell are you doing and it was just and and when i looked at all these people who you know do comedy when they're younger and they've got full support of their family and you know the whole environment you're just like oh god you just don't know how lucky you've got it because it was it was a real like people because it wasn't even at times it wasn't even people being like and i'm not just talking about my family i mean you know mums in the kind of like mum network i know they're like so what you're going out and doing what and who's putting the children to bed and he's okay with that and you found, you suddenly realize that for a woman who's not coming from a performance background, I don't have any arts connections whatsoever. I'm just Mm -hmm. a bog standard person who was a teacher and my husband, you know, worked in it and we had no connection to the arts world whatsoever. For me to suddenly do something like this was just everybody going, what, why? And you, and it was really disheartening and really frustrating because I know for a fact, if I was a dad, it would not have been met in the same way.
0: Right. Yeah,
2: And that was really annoying, the amount of women and never dads, always mums who would say, but who's sorting out the kids and how does your husband feel when you're constantly away and do you miss them when you have to go away all the time? And I'm like, can I just explain something? That I am with them every single day, but I work at night. So instead of me being at work in the day, I'm at work at night. So it's fine. I'm not leaving them to be raised by crackers um but it was it was really disheartening to feel that i'm having to like justify that all the time and so it was it was a lot of sorry this has now turned into therapy totally understand don't worry
0: every guest has a moment where they say the same thing uh so feel free to indulge
2: (laughs) you've got got a really good listening face
0: (laughs) can i put that on a poster it's got a lovely creepy man creepy man with listening face I
2: think my son said, I thought that was one creepy man.
0: <laughs> That's the thing I love about kids. just They just say how it is.
2: <sighs> they do. I remember my son once, I was on the tube, and I think I'd eaten something like a Greek salad, which had loads of red onion in it, and my son, and it was a really crap, crammed tube, and he was sat on my lap, and just really loudly, he went, your breath, mum, smells like the outside bin. <laughs> and I was just like, and <laughs> you're like, isn't that the worst smell? <laughs> oh, no, isn't that the worst like he literally found the worst smell that you yes. could think of, and everyone was just like, "Oh, it's really unattractive um so yeah, uh kids are awful, but uh yeah, no it was it was definitely a big hurdle.
0: It's crazy yeah. Isn't it? because, yeah, I didn't know that whole. I knew you obviously a mum, but you don't know sort of like the the inner workings or the stories about how. you you arrive at this destination and so like i'll look at you like esther she's an accomplished stand-up comedian and you know she's just like she's yeah she's an established stand-up you don't know like the the struggles or the sort of background that people have taken in some cases not all cases but in some cases to get to this position
2: and what's particularly funny is the amount of people that have gone god how does your dad feel about it how right. did this how did this Muslim man feel about it and I'm like my dad was the only person who the moment I said it just went brilliant really I'm so happy yeah oh, and fantastic when lockdown happened and I got a bit teary and a bit like my career's over and I was like yeah. well I guess the main thing is I just go and get a job and all like my husband and my you yeah, know my british in-laws and stuff they're all just like yeah well i mean you gave it a shot didn't you so it was you know you did it tick that box and uh, now you can just um, get back
1: to being back to and,
2: like normal let's just yeah. be normal Everybody, we all just yeah we're all just in agreement there's just want a normal door no i don't really want this kind yeah. of you know slag that stands on stage and talks about her stretched out vag and i was like okay no cool i'll just go and get a job it's fine um, I didn't
1: want
2: that. Anyway, um, and my dad just took me to one side and he was like, when this is over, because he was like, You make sure you pay up your venue for Edinburgh. And I was like, Well, you know, I don't know what happened. He was like, No, pay for it, because if it's there and it's paid, then you're gonna have to fucking go. Uh-huh. And whatever you do, don't stop. And I was like, All right, I will I will I will, I'll pay up Edinburgh. But um he was, yeah, he was pretty much the only one who was just like That's was, great. He was so happy, he was so happy that I I decided to do that. Um, a lot of my family, I don't think, really understood what it was
1: hmm.
2: I was doing. Um, nobody really, un- kind of, everyone was like, I know, she, what's she doing?" But um, but no, it it definitely, definitely was a hurdle. It was definitely a hurdle that just, but and also, sorry, getting really like, no one cares, Esther shut up, But <laughs> I think that's why I was also getting so nauseous and sick doing stand up because I was then trying to stop the annoyance of me don't stand up by making sure that nothing was left undone in the house so i was like getting right. up at you know five making yeah. sure that house is clean kids are okay yeah yeah you know everything's done all meals cooked all housework done nothing is being done that will make my husband or the family feel that I am leaving them in the lurch and then I'll scuttle off and do my gigs and then I'll come home and then I'll be home at midnight and and get up at five again. And so I was pushing myself, but I it was just something I don't know why, but it was something just going, I'm just gonna do I know rationally I need to not do this.
0: So like had had you um so you were a teacher before, had you had like in the past, did you, did you have any like particular passions that you were really sort of, you know, you, you felt particularly strongly about, and, and you thought, yeah, I'd love to do this, or was there anything particularly you thought I really want to do this for my life, or was stand up the first thing that you'd, you know, you experience this thing, like I know that a shadow of doubt, this is what I want to do.
2: Okay. I. Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah.
2: I think so. I think I'm someone who's definitely quite determined. Yeah. But I think I, are they, yeah, I think I'm definitely someone who's quite determined. So, oh, sorry, sorry, Steve, sorry. Something's going, going right. downstairs. Sorry, I'll Go be two
0: it. seconds. No really sorry. No no, no,
2: no. My, uh, my dad had locked himself into the porch.
0: <laughs> into the w- very, he lost himself into what? He locked himself in my porch. On in your porch? Oh, outside?
2: Yeah yeah so...
0: Right. so your dad so your dad your dad lives with you right so you've got you live with your my dad's moved out now but he's, he, out. he's okay gone,
2: so he lived with us for a while and then okay. he moved out but he's literally moved just down the road so he still just he's got his keys okay and he just lets himself in and out but then he uh yeah he also will have no regard for if i'm on the phone or if i'm recording he'll just stand over and go no but i this is what I need now, to so yeah. do that. Classic dad behaviour. Same. So it's really like, oh, God, I really want to just fucking
0: kill you all. What do you do then? What do you do in uh, those moments of like, yeah, when you want to kill, you know, when like, I fucking, I just want to kill you all, or, you know, if you ha- combination of you're spinning all these plates when you were in the throes of stand up, post open mic, and you're doing professional gigs, you know, so your sets have got to be on it. You're gigging however many times a week. You're looking after your kids. You're still working as a teacher. Like, what do you do in those moments when uh, you just need to rein it in or just, like, calm down a level?
2: I didn't, I didn't ever really have that, but I did have, like, probably every three or four weeks, um what would happen is I'd drop the kids at school and I'd come home and I'd sit down and I would wake up and I'd and it would happen like maybe yeah, maybe like every three weeks or once a month that literally I'd go, I'm just gonna sit down. I'm just gonna and then I didn't even know that I was falling asleep. And then I'd wake up like four, five hours later and I'm like, oh my God, I've got to go and get the kids now. But that would happen every now and then where literally my body's just gone boo. Right.
0: Um
2: so but apart from that never really getting no which is why in a way lockdown has been really nice because it's given it's i've never fun. felt so rested in my
0: life so what have you been doing like in what have you been doing anything now you've had this time what have you been doing that you wouldn't usually be doing apart from maybe spending more times with your kids have you managed to sort of time of, too it's much time with my kids yeah which is fine.
2: help me <laughs> <laughs> but they're really annoying like kids I can't imagine
0: what it must be Narcissists. Like. Yeah, but my dad was
2: the same, like, like, they're just, and everyone's just on me. There are days where I'm just like, like, even my husband, <laughs> sorry, I'm just so now, but I'm like, you're oh, all really Because <laughs> <laughs> my husband will just come to me like, he's working in the office now. Yeah. I'm just going to slack them off there. But he's working in the office now. and then. Like, you've just got the kids, that just come up to you. And they don't say sentences. Like, my children don't say sentences, like you mm-hmm. saw. Like, my son will just come in and go, toilet. <laughs> and I'm supposed to then know everything that he <laughs> needs from that. Um, but they'll also follow me around the house just going, hungry, hungry. And I found myself just flipping out going, say the sentence. Say, say, I am hungry. And they're like, all right, I am hungry. I'm like, from now on, you say, I am hungry. Don't just come up to me ever again. Just go, hungry. So they do that my dad has this thing of walking into a room where no one's talking and just going what <laughs> but he says it both in arabic and english in arabic it's shoo. so it depending whether he's thinking or not and depending who's in the room so he'll just walk in and go what And you're like, no no one's said anything he's like oh, okay all right Shoo. Sure. and you're like no but same same reaction it's the same thing arabic or english same thing so just no one's talking it's fine and then my husband, who just goes into his little bubble of working in the office, will then just come downstairs and be like, so what's, shall, shall I make dinner? or Is there something for dinner? Or shall I um, make dinner? Or what what's going on here? And, oh, the kids are doing that. I don't know if they should because of that. And you're just like, you can just fuck Like, seriously, you don't get to sit up there for eight hours a day and then come down and suddenly have an opinion on how things are running down here. So I get very stressed out. And what I haven't done is gone and cycled over into the local forest and had a spliff by myself. That hasn't happened.
1: Did you
0: since. used to do that?
2: <laughs> no. But it's my fantasy.
0: I do that's do a lot of really cycling. A
2: good option. I that's go out really for my rides.
0: But no smoking.
2: Just, yeah, listening to murder podcasts.
0: That's what just I do. Just imagining, fantasizing
2: fantasizing fantasizing but the problem is is when you're a woman by herself cycling and normally like half five six thirty you know it's kind of like dusk time and you're listening to a murder podcast and then you get lost in the woods there are some times where I've scared myself substantially
0: yeah I can imagine that so when I asked you before then about what you do maybe this isn't maybe it doesn't I'm trying to like all it in but about sort of like you know to, to stuff to to help you or when you're, when you're stressed out, etc. When you said you used to be a running, was it running instructor? Mm. So was running was running a big. Was that important to you? To exercise? Yeah, no,
2: no, yeah. I was really, I was really into running, but I stopped running when I had children because I couldn't run without pissing myself. So
0: really, yeah. That still be the case now.
2: I mean, now yeah. I'm just kind of unhealthy and crap. But uh, Do you miss doing exercise. I cycle now
0: okay so
2: i do other things like swimming and cycling
0: oh right okay so you do Um, you do lots of exercise then
2: yeah um also a big walker as well so i don't if i if i can i try like over lockdown i've been making my kids walk more and more and more and i've been trying to get them to do up to like five or six miles a day walking oh wow just to run them to their knackered but um
0: that's a good so
2: yeah definitely like exercise is quite important i'm not very good at just being sedentary
0: yeah, yeah. What, what meditation or anything like that?
2: No, not very good at meditation. I just stop thinking about other things.
0: <laughs> Everyone says the same thing about meditation. It's like, yeah, that means I'm not very good. Like, I think I'll be I'll be shit at the game at the game of meditation. <laughs> but like, that's what it is. You just it's not going to like you don't just meditate and then you just stop thinking. It's just like I guess you just become more aware of your thoughts. Yeah, I, so, I mean, <laughs> God.
2: I, I mean I could try I mean I have tried it. I, I once tried to go to a meditation class when I was pregnant and um the guy running it looked like Russell Brand <laughs> and he was like topless and wearing like white Excellent. linen trousers and you could just tell that everyone like you could just tell he was somebody who just has like tantric sex like twelve times a day and yeah he kept saying oh I need to wash you with my gong bath and I was like don't nah, want that nah. and um <laughs> it was just like when we had to do like meditation at the end. And I was just really uncomfortable and I just couldn't really sit still. And so I kept like moving and he just opened one eye and went, the person that's moving is completely destroying the meditation for every single other person. No, he didn't. Yeah. So then I was like then trying really hard to keep still, but I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. Um, So that kind of put meditation off me really.
0: Yeah. I'm not surprised. That's a terrible, like that's a terrible (laughs) experience to have in uh, the old spiritual world. I'd be the same. I would yeah. also be that person that would be moving around because I'm, I'm, I'm ADHD, but I'm a lot better than I used to be. I'm so like, my mum was a yoga teacher and she used to take me to uh, meditation classes, and oh. i just, I, I would just be moving around constantly, and I'd just be fucking yeah. with everyone in the class. Just couldn't keep yeah. still.
2: Yeah, I can't, I can't keep still, at all. Um, yeah, so I'm not very good. I'm not very good at that.
0: Yeah. But again, I don't know. I mean, it's it's like one of those things. Can't you can read, can't
2: can't read, can't read? speak.
0: Do you not read? Oh. Do you do you listen to audio books?
2: No, used to, used to. I don't know. I listen to like the radio. I listen to podcasts, um, but I don't uh, I don't read or really watch TV. You
0: don't watch TV, so you don't watch like sitcoms or anything like that. No. Yeah. What do you listen to? No. What's your favorite podcast?
2: Uh, I like crime ones. We've we've established that. We've established that. Yeah. So I just like to listen. I think it kind of helps me stave off the old depression because, like, it it doesn't matter how bad things get, at least I'm not locked in some man's shed.
0: This is true. This is true. (laughs) It's like it's a weirdly optimistic way of looking at the world.
2: (laughs) Yeah, could be worse. Could be worse. I could could be be married to Terry Bundy.
0: So there we go. And on that, that note, uh, yeah. And, on,
2: <laughs> and that's how I'm going to conclude my You know, normally, like En shows, you need to have quite a traumatic thing. You have you have to yeah. Yeah. So you, are, you know, but mine's going to end with, and I'm really pleased I didn't marry Ted Bundy.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's a really good thing. My see. dad's not Fred West.
1: Yeah, but he I does. I you looked
2: at
0: me, he's not. he's not. Yeah, but he does. He does constantly uh, gatecrash me in the lounge saying, What? 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 Which yeah. is nearly as bad as being a, a serial killer. So.
2: No one said anything. No one said anything. No one spoke. What?
0: No one said a thing, for fuck's sake.
1: It's
2: <sighs> not oh. my mum. She's always answered the phone by going, Yes. I'm like, who answered? The, that's, a psycho, that's like a psycho way of answering the phone. Yeah. They're yeah. saying hello. Yes.
0: You know, well, you know what I don't like is when um, you speak to someone, like say it's a family member. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you spoke to them like quite recently, but there's some some family members who make you feel guilty if you're not in touch like all the time. Yeah. So you pick up, you know, pick up the phone they go, like, hey. And I go, and what do we owe the pleasure of this call for? Like automatically making you feel bad, like you haven't been in touch. Fuck off.
2: <laughs> did they say it in that really slow creepy way?
0: as well I interpret it oh <laughs> <laughs> i got Fred West <laughs> dad that
2: is the last time I phoned my so, last uncle. time yeah
0: <laughs> he's long he's dead isn't he is he dead Fred Fred dead is Fred dead, he's uh, Fred dead. I assume so. Yeah, I think it might be. It's Fred West. So. I'm going to Google it now. It's Fred West. It's Fred I
2: listen to all. There's yeah, a... he's... My friends told me that I'm boss eyed, by the way, and now I keep staring at myself at Zoom calls going, I, d- I don't think I am. <laughs> but I'm really conscious of it. Do you think I'm boss eyed?
0: Well, now that you mention it, no, I don't think you are cross eyed.
2: She was like, she sent me a message going, oh, I really love your I'm really eyes.
0: Looking, I'm really like focusing on your face. No, right but
2: I, she, she said to me, she said, I really like your eyes. And I thought she meant like you've got nice eyes, and I was like, oh, thank yeah. you." And she went, "I love fucked up eyes. I think they're really sexy." And I was like, "What do you mean fucked up eyes?" And she's like, "When one's like, Bow. what's it called? That's not boss eyes. When you're like that, but what's it called?" Lazy eye. One? Lazy eye. No, the yeah. lazy eyes when it's like that,
0: isn't it? So, so one that's, that's sort of just got Gabrielle. a mind of its own. One just oh, she's only gone and done a Gabrielle. <laughs> Um
2: but I don't think one does go in a different direction. On, but I've this, now convinced myself,
0: huh? Is this the same friend who does this happen to be the same friend who sort of honed in on your on your BBC set and said, it wasn't many people laughing. Is it is it that same friend? Because <laughs> no, if it is, you need said, to drop her girl.
2: <laughs> the friend that said that I'm boss-eyed is fatter.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> well that makes that makes more sense. <laughs> Fata is a stand-up for those listening and uh, don't know who we're referring to. Fata is a, a stand-up comedian. Very, should, would you say she is your closest, closest comedian friend on the circuit? It's
1: yeah, a closest, probably, yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, phrased way of describing a best friend on the stand-up comedy circuit. But would you say so?
2: My best comedy friend. Your best
0: comedy friend. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we are very close. Yeah. yeah. She's mental, though. <laughs> she will. I mean she's like fred west in the hijab she's mental
0: (laughs) she could put that (laughs) on a poster like fred west in the hijab (laughs) i mean she's not she's not rapey but she would (laughs) kill a lot of people i reckon (laughs) easily she's got the aggression there
1: Can, can, can you do this can you do the can't, can't. can you do the pictures with the with the min, with the mini
0: um. so I usually end the podcast asking a question uh, what does the idea of balance mean to you all right
2: I can't balance it I just don't know how you do it what does the idea of balance mean it means get a penis and then not have to do all the shit the women do <laughs>
0: I think that might be the best answer I've had on the podcast
2: yeah. <laughs> I know. I remember I remember after a particularly, like, gruelling day of, like, teaching, shopping, kids, blah, 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 and then getting to a gig, and I was so insanely tired. It was still, like, it was like an open mic gig. And uh, I remember just going on the stage and going, why do they say that women are the weaker sex? If we're the weaker sex, just let us be weak. I'm knackered. <laughs> so I just... I want to be weak. I want. I'm more than happy to be weak. But if we're weaker, then just you wipe the surface. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah, we got it. We've uh, we got it. Lucky having well, the, having born with the dicks. Well, yeah. we well we have. Let's be
2: honest. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So be born. Yeah. Just get a penis. In order to create more balance, just get a penis. Not like weird thing, but just like on you like just on you on you just on you yeah yeah not on you like just on your face but like you know
0: yeah on the face (laughs) yeah i mean I mean, just in terms of your sense of balance it might not be as it's gonna be a bit more precarious with this on your face if it's on your head and it depends out the size of it if it's a huge dick it's gonna affect the balance
2: i don't think i'd want a huge one
0: No, no no so well apparently it's not it's not apparently from what i hear it's not that pleasant um oh dear brought out the worst of me you brought out the worst of me
2: I do with everyone people are like why am I like this with you I'm like because I just bring out I've really just really got like no boundaries it's my problem but um,
1: that's good. in order to
2: create more balance I think just you know be outside as much as possible that's my way of doing it
1: that's good and yeah
2: that's, I agree that's a good thing that lockdown's done is just be outside as much as you can there is nothing like there's nothing that clears your head more than just going out for a walk. It just sorts you out. And you know, on those days when you feel, mm. and I think sometimes like sleeping in makes it worse. Oversleeping yep. can make you feel mentally really rubbish. Mm-hmm. I'm now, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm totally exhausted. I'll sleep, but always get up in the morning and always get out and have a walk. And you're welcome, Steve, because that will ch- always get up in the morning and always always breathe my mum told
0: me (laughs) wise words wise words um where can people find out more about esther
2: on my website which it tells you all about me being man gagged which is nice yeah uh so estermanito.com and come and find me on instagram Manito.
0: okay fantastic well Manito, it's been lovely talking with you
2: Thanks for having me chat to you, Steve.
0: There we have it, Esther Manito. That was a fun time chat. Very much enjoyed talking to Esther. She is a funny, funny gal. Funny, funny, funny. And uh, inspiration as well, in her own way. She is, she is. And uh, I don't really listen to many murder mystery podcasts or true crime podcasts sorry is the more up to date term i did listen to serial season 1 and i did enjoy it but correct me if i'm wrong not now because uh, you can't but i find that often a lot of them are quite like some of the sensationalized netflix documentaries where you never really find out you know who done it because as soon as you find out that's it the series is over or that you do find out, and then you know it moves on to somebody else. Basically, I'm just basing that on uh, serial, because in season one I didn't find out, but maybe you do in uh, season two. And now I'm thinking maybe I should watch season two. It's funny, isn't it? Sort of like what makes us fa- so fascinated by by these murder m- murder mysteries and true crime? I guess because it's like I don't know, is it? part of you you become like part detective and another part is sort of like it's so far removed from your life you become sort of fascinated there's a morbid fascination with it
1: i don't know but
0: i'm going to do some thinking there was an article that recently came out about that the psychological reasons why people are into true crime so maybe that'll be my evening reading uh next week We've got a lovely conversation with uh, comedian Joe Hobbs, who, like myself, is also diagnosed with ADHD. And so we do spend a fair chunk of that conversation talking about our experiences with ADHD, and um, we cover joe's life living in south korea for a few years before trying his hand at comedy and doing very well at that so that's a great conversation to look forward to and as always please do rate review subscribe tell your friends and uh, i hope you are all uh, leading somewhat balanced lives during these times until next time see you later Balancing Acts is made in association with the comedy crowd who support independent comedy creators. They showcase the best new videos on comedycrowdtv.com and across media platforms. They support independent comedy creators and showcase the best new videos, including adult animation, sketch shows, web series, viral hits, and lots more. So if you're a creator, then do check them out.
1: Hold up.